Hello and welcome to the Inside Social Work podcast, a podcast that aims to inspire, engage and connect social workers with other social workers and allied health professionals doing interesting and amazing things across the world. I'm your host, Marie Vakakis. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Inside Social Work podcast. This week is part three of the supervision series. I hope you've enjoyed the last two parts. I've been trying something a little different over the next little while. I'm experimenting with some different content on the podcast uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. And if you're really liking this and you're finding it valuable, I'd love if you could share it or leave a rating and a review be really helpful for other social workers or allied health professionals to find the podcast I'm really trying to create something that adds a lot of value and guidance and support to early career social workers but also I'm aware that a lot of people who are other allied health professionals also listen to the podcast and that is really exciting a big shout out to all of you listeners thank you for supporting the show we're at nearly 56,000 downloads which is just super super incredible I'm so grateful for all of you it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to see the interest that the podcast is getting and to see people engage with the material so I'm so I'm so just amazed I've got I'm lost for words to see the podcast growing this way I hope you enjoyed last um, the last episode with uh, Caroline Burrows I know EMDR is a topic that comes up a lot and people are really interested so if you didn't catch that you can still listen to this episode it's not linked at all in any way but that was a really interesting episode a couple of um, weeks ago I'm a little bit behind in recording so I do apologize for the delay and I'll get straight into this week's episode we did talk in the first uh, of the three-part series of supervision looking at why why do we have supervision and what are the benefits and then I spoke about in part two the benefits of group supervision and group consultation and how valuable that is and today I wanted to talk around talk a bit about learning and engagement and I find this quite interesting Um, I'm in the process at the moment of doing uh, an additional supervision course just like with other parts of my practice and professional development Um, supervision is a skill set in itself and every few years I like to do some additional training and support my learning and growth to be a better supervisor and to put more tools in my tool belt so that I can bring out the best in those that I work with. And so I've been thinking a lot about learning styles and how we engage with content as adult learners in particular. And what I find quite interesting is how little some of us may know about our learning styles and how this can impact our supervision. And so recently I've completed some learning styles questionnaires myself and they were a reminder about how I like to to learn I'm a very active learner I I like to just give things a go new experiences I like to be challenged and I take a lot of risks Um, I'm happy to just I'm that person who gets the box of Ikea furniture and just wants to see if I can figure out how to put it together 
So I just like to kind of piece it all together and see how things go. And if I have a supervisor or an educator, a line manager who doesn't know how to teach or support me through that learning style, I find that I can be really difficult to engage. I'm not a difficult person, but I find it really hard to get on board and engage with the material. And so I've been thinking about my own supervision and how I show up as a supervisor, but also as a supervisee. And what's really struck me is we often we do for others what we would like done for us or we teach how we like to learn and that can be amazing if someone happens to also like to learn the way that you like to teach but it can also be a really big blind spot and what really was a reminder for me is some people well we all have different learning preferences and some people might like to be more passive Uh, take time to observe, to be conscientious and consider what they're about to say. They might want to review things and take time for research. And if I'm teaching them a very sort of, let's throw you in the deep end and see what happens, they might find that incredibly overwhelming. And so I can see times where I've gotten this wrong as a supervisor, where I've given someone what would have been the dream, perfect learning environment for me. I completely overlooked what they needed and how what they needed, I actually found incredibly difficult to do because if I was on the receiving end of that, I would have hated it. And this is something that I really uh, I struggle with. And it's a dilemma that I'm going to be working on because I also get support, you know, supervision for supervisors, because I, I do really value that position of responsibility that I have uh, within the individuals and, and groups that I work with. And so I wanted to encourage you all to start thinking about how you like to learn and how do you communicate that to your supervisor so if you're an early career social worker or if you're a graduate or maybe you're seeking supervision for the first time it can be really helpful to think about how do you like to learn and how do you articulate that to your supervisor do you like to brainstorm do you like to problem solve do you want to read things do you like to role play to have someone else do a role play and observe Do you like small discussions or big group discussions? These are all really important things to start to understand about yourself and to see how do you like to learn? Because as you're moving into your career, there is a different dynamic and you're not, you know, when we do counseling with with more vulnerable community members, we do have a position of power being the expert in the room and I can see why it would be really hard for someone in a counseling or consulting space case management to say to their therapist or social worker hey what you're doing is not quite working for me we'd love to empower them to get to that point but it's a little bit harder as professionals especially if it's a supervisor that's external and you have chosen them to build on a particular skill set or to work towards your accreditation I think it's really important to understand how you like to learn and to speak to them about that. 
So some of the one of the um, resources that I've used is the Kolb's Learning Style Inventory. And I found this really interesting for a number of reasons. One is that it breaks your learning style down into a number of different categories. So there's an activist who like practical tasks. There are theorists who like to take something away to study. There are reflectors who need lots of breaks and opportunity to reflect and discuss. And then there are pragmatists who like, you know, shortcuts and tips. If you supervise to what is your preference and that doesn't align with the other person, there's going to be a clash and it could leave someone feeling left out, left behind in a group setting. It can be really difficult to navigate. So I encourage you to have a look at that learning style, that inventory, sorry, and see what do you come up with? What are your personal learning preferences? And if you're a supervisee, how do you like to learn in supervision? You know, how can you tell someone that this is how I like to learn and this is what excites me and energizes me? And as a supervisor, if it's never occurred to you, it's awesome to do this inventory and have a think about, oh, as a supervisor, this is my preference. And then you'll be able to see ways in which you can then adapt your teaching, your supervision to match the needs of those who you're working with. So for example, as someone who's an activist like myself under this learning style inventory, I like new experiences. I want action. I get excited by that. I like to talk a lot in small groups. I get lots of ideas. Um, I like to brainstorm. I can take lots of risks and challenges and I love problem solving if I was to be given stuff to read and lots of research to do and solo reflective work I would be miserable I would find that excruciatingly boring I would be disengaged it wouldn't sink in I would be reading over the same sentence multiple times I just wouldn't enjoy it and yet that's often how a lot of things are taught which is quite funny especially even the supervision course I'm doing at the moment even though it talks a lot about adult learning preferences it only teaches to one preference which is a story for another time so I encourage you to have a think how can you have these conversations and if you don't have time to do the inventory and you've got a supervision coming up maybe just have a think maybe review with that person hey How do you find things are going? Are you taking away from this what you need? Would you like some resources to be sent out? Do you like to have a little bit more time to digest things? Are you more visual? Does it help you to have practical tools to implement in sessions? Do you like to see someone else role play it for you so you can get ideas? Should we watch a video or recording of something that you've done in the past to see how it goes? Like, And this is a really rich conversation to have. And especially if you find someone stretched. So if someone's a little anxious about being recorded, that might be a really good place to start maybe working on in a lower, like in a smaller capacity. So it could be maybe they do a snippet of just a voice recording or they do a role play because we want to stretch people, but we also want to find a way that fits in with individual learning styles and preferences within the overarching restrictions or constraints or service delivery uh, guidelines there. So that's just something I wanted to encourage you all to do is think about how you like to learn 
and how that shows up in supervision. As a supervisee, what can you do to engage better in supervision, to get the most out of it? Because this supervision is for you. It's to prevent your burnout. It's to reduce the risk of compassion fatigue. It's to support your growth and your learning and do really great work for the people, communities that you work for. And as a supervisor, you often do this work because you love it. If you're anything like me, you get a lot of joy and excitement out of seeing people progress through their career, to be excited about their field, to be learning new things and to support that journey and that growth in a way that is really rich and rewarding is one of, it's one of the best parts of my job. And so I'm working really hard on continuing to improve my supervision practice and I encourage you all to start thinking about how you might be able to implement some of these things in your work. So I've got a few things, different activities that I wanted to share with you all that might be helpful depending on where you're at and your individual preference. So if you're an activist like myself, one of the things you can start to do, you know, what activists like to learn by doing, and I'm referencing the Kolb's learning style inventory here. There are another a number of other learning style questionnaires and various other inventories, but this one is what I've been using at the moment. So for activists, we like to learn by doing, uh, sometimes act first and consider the consequences afterwards. Um, I have built a few wonky IKEA things, but you know, that was okay. Um, and we thrive on the challenge of a new experience and yeah, get bored with implementation and longer term consolidation. So if you have an activist as your supervisee, some of the things that could be really helpful are things like brainstorming, problem solving. This could be in presenting a really tricky case or asking them for insight about a really difficult situation, group discussions, um, puzzles, maybe things that have a bit of a like a competitive streak. So even if the competition's against yourself, so it could be let's set this um, expectation and see if you can do it different or better next time. Maybe it's really focusing on a particular skill and having an incentive for uh, improving practice or being regular or, or having a continuing education outcome of some kind. So that's one that can be really helpful. And another one is role plays. So getting them to stretch themselves, get out of their comfort zone and maybe even be a difficult client, you know, get them to role play how they would navigate that and see how that goes, because that's, there are some really good activities for how activists like to learn. For those who are reflectors, they learn by observing and thinking about what's happened. Uh, they tend to avoid leaping in and prefer to watch from the sidelines. They like to just view experiences, sort of you know, zoom out and kind of see what's happening. They collect data and take the time to walk, work towards appropriate consolidation. I would be very uh, careful with this one just to make sure that it's not kind of going into an anxious avoidant kind of qualities so where someone is really scared to give something a go and just continues to observe and observe and observe without ever implementing so if you're working with someone who's a little bit more anxious or 
you've noticed that oh that might be me then this is something to also talk about in supervision and how can you start to step out of that comfort zone still honoring your learning preference and then starting to make sure that you find ways to put your skills into practice in a real life way so if you're working with a reflector or you might be a reflector some of the activities that could be good would be things like models so an actual framework or a step-by-step model of you know think about um first day you know doctors abc first you do this then you do this and then you know you have a structure and and a kind of model to follow Uh, statistics can be really valuable so understanding the why um, stories and background information things like quotes and then how to apply theories into practice so a really uh conscientious kind of thinking intellectual way uh, tends to be what reflectors really like if you're a theorist uh, theorists tend to like understanding the theory behind something Um, they might like wrong sorry they might like models want to know about concepts and facts and want to kind of understand the bigger picture and there's a real strong preference there for analyzing things synthesizing and drawing concepts into systematic and logical approaches if that's you or you're working with someone who's a theorist we might need to take it slow and have time give them time to think about how learning can be applied in reality so these might be case studies problem solving and discussions and help someone consolidate that learning and then the fourth type of learning style is a pragmatist so these are people who want to be shown so we've got the activists who are like let me do it reflectors who are like tell me theorist is convince me and pragmatists are show me so they like to be able to see how to put the learning into practice in the real world um, things like abstract concepts and, and games just don't really work for them um, unless they can see why and how to put these ideas into action in their lives so experiments to try out new ideas and theories can be really helpful here so learning activities that would help if you're a pragmatist could be things like paired discussions self-analysis questionnaires personality style questionnaires even maybe a learning style questionnaire Um, taking time out to reflect observing activities getting feedback from others uh, interviewing and coaching and that will help bring out the best in that person so there are a number of different things i quite like this particular inventory and i encourage you to take some time to think about how do you like to learn and how can you maximize your strengths and your learning preferences in the settings that you work with because i know for me when i saw when i redid the quiz i had done it uh, it's probably been two years since i last um, looked at this and reflected on my own learning style and I really, I really noticed that I had started to curate an environment that really energized me and I would get the most things done and take and absorb the most information when it was in these forums and in these, um, these activities really, I guess, harness what I like to learn. When someone would present information, and this was actually really difficult for me during the lockdowns where a lot of information was online and a lot of things were print out a manual and follow written content. Um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to engage with other other learners, 
I really struggled with that. And so there are some courses that I'm having to redo um, because I just don't feel like I retained the information in, in the way that I really wanted to. And as an adult learner, I don't want to just be doing courses just to tick a box. I want to engage with the content and the material and put that into practice right away with my clients, in my business uh, or in my supervision so I hope that was helpful. This was the end of this three-part series. And if you're interested in learning a bit more about uh, supervision with me, you can check out uh, the show notes. There'll be a link there to my, my counseling practice, the Therapy Hub, uh, where I offer individual supervision as well as uh, group supervision for school social workers. I find that that's a particular area that I like to work with, uh, having a lot of experience working in youth mental health space and being a family therapist and in a former a former career, former life, I was a school counsellor and wellbeing coordinator. So I really love working within that school setting. And so I offer online group supervision for school social workers if you're not a social worker that's okay if you're a counselor if you're a psychologist if you're working with uh, adolescents in a counseling capacity you'll find that group hopefully really helpful and for those in Australia I've got some upcoming training which I'm really excited about I love live face-to-face training so I have two days in Footscray uh, coming up in September I think the 9th and 10th Uh, for my youth mental health first aid course and if you haven't heard the episode with Dr. Claire Kelly right back in season one we're in the first year of the podcast I really encourage you to have a listen to that and she talks about why everybody should do a mental health first aid course I can't tell you how often I use these skills and I, I don't think I've ever had to use my physical first aid qualification at all but my mental health first aid skills I use almost daily and even though I'm an experienced clinician the mental health first aid skills are very different to that it is it's it's working on a completely different part of the intervention kind of continuum where we're looking at early immediate reactive sort of support not treatment and so I highly recommend that if you work with adolescents, uh, even sort of upper primary school age kids, it could be really helpful. Uh, Sports coaching, uh, youth work, any of those sorts of areas, I really encourage you to check out the Youth Mental Health First Aid course. Uh, And I'm running one online in October. This is limited to those in Australia only because I do send out the manual and the resources and it's for an Australian context. And yeah that's it for me for another week i hope you've enjoyed this series and i'd really love to hear what you think i'm planning ahead for the next season of the podcast Um, i've batch recorded a few episodes and i'm really excited we've got some really awesome guests on the show coming up but i'd love to hear from you send me an email marie at insidesocialwork.com contact me at instagram at marie vacarcus and tell me what you think tell me what you're finding helpful what's been your favorite episodes i really want to make this podcast a really great resource and improve it as best that i can as the show continues and make it a valuable thing for all you listeners so feel free to get in touch i'd love to hear from you and please put a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. The Inside Social Work podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record this podcast today and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you for listening. 
if you would like to support the podcast you could leave a rating or a review on itunes or wherever it is you get your podcast and feel free to join the facebook group it'd be great to hear from you have a lovely day bye